to the AG Lockhart Podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Leo Miller. Has anybody been praying this week? All right, don't be lying up in here in church now. <laughs> we tell people, I'll pray for you. It's like, okay, well, let's do it right now. So we have been uh, starting the year out. I have been with this little series on prayer and praying. I'm going to continue that today. You say, well, how long is that going to last? I don't know. We'll see uh, how that goes. Not a whole lot longer, but uh, we'll move on to something else. But last week we talked about Jesus being our example uh, in all things for sure, but that he is our example in prayer. And we're familiar with what we call the Lord's Prayer where Jesus taught the disciples to pray. We talked about how that Jesus got up early in the morning to go pray. Uh, he went in the evenings to go pray. The Bible even said in the middle of the day that he went out to pray, and the disciples were often wondering about that, looking towards him for that. And then they asked him about that. He taught them to pray. And in that, we came up with th- three things. Jesus said, told them, he says, when you pray... And we brought three things out about that last week. When we pray, we are to be sincere and personal in our praying. But not just about sounding a certain way, looking a certain way, uh, about having a lot of words, a long prayer, short prayer. It's more about being personable about our things that we need, about our presentation to the Lord when we go to Him and speak to Him. We talked about being respectful and submissive when we pray. He's our Father who art in heaven, that He's on a throne, that we are to go to Him with confidence, but it is a place of authority, that God is an authority, and that we are to have a submissive heart. Even our faith is subject to the will of God. We can go and say, I demand this, I believe this, I declare that, and some of that is okay in moments in our life, but ultimately we are His subjects. We are under His authority. Thy kingdom come. Now, kingdom come in my heart, reign in my heart, Lord, your authority in my heart. So when we come to the Lord, it's to be personal, but then it's also to be with a submissive heart that I really want the rule of God to reign in my life and in my heart. And that is our our, our desire. And then we talked about presenting our needs. He gave us a time in that prayer where we talk about and present our needs to the Lord. We talked about asking the Lord about our physical needs that we have in our life. Uh, We need something to eat. We need gas for our car. We need our tires to keep rotating as we go down Highway 183 to get out of Pastor Leo's way. You learned last week that I am an aggressive driver. I told you if you do travel 183, if I'm on it, you better be praying. I'm not a bad driver. I'm just an aggressive driver. I get where I want to go, and I try to get there before you. It's basically the way I drive. And, I, well, I could talk about more of that. So we're to present our physical needs, our relational needs. Some of us have relationships that are just a challenge. They're difficult. It might be with your children. It might be with your husband. It might be with yourself. I mean, I don't know. It might be with me. If it's with me, talk to the Lord about that. Leave me out of it. But we're to go to the Lord and talk about those needs, those relationship needs that we have. You know, just instead of talking about people, talk to the Lord about the people that you're struggling with. And he can most help us in those things. And we talk also about our spiritual needs. Sometimes we get in spiritual ruts. We 
been where we're at for a long time. We uh, feel like we're going full speed doing all the things we used to do and maybe even more of it, but not feeling any better for it, not feeling any more zealous toward the Lord. And we need to say, Lord, I just, I need something more to happen in me. I need a new experience and not let the salvation experience is not enough. It always is, but there's something more that we need. We're, we're needing, maybe there's something, and when we cry that way, usually he's going to back us up. He's going to rewind us a little bit and go back to where he, you la- he last told you to do something or you struggled in your heart about something and you just went on about your business. He's probably going to back you up to that moment in your life. And, um, you know, we experience the Lord's presence when we're most broken in life, usually. And it's also the Lord's presence that can cause us to be broken. And, and just humility and desiring Him and His presence in our life. And so that's what prayer is about. That's kind of where we left off last week. So we go forward. Uh, the reasons we pray today. There's many reasons to pray uh, but I'm going to list a few of them. The first one is this, is this. Prayer declares our need and want of God. When we're praying, we're saying, God, we're recognizing our need for God. And so the opposite would be true is that if we're not taking those times in our life to pray, to seek God, setting that time aside, well, well then we're feeling self-confident, we're feeling okay, we're feeling all right about stuff. But prayer says, Lord, in all these things that I'm doing, I need you. Psalms 25, and I'll be reading through quite a few scriptures. He says, Lord, I give you my life to you. That's what prayer is. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced, but disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me, and this is what prayer is, show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. And teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. How many of you say amen to that? Or the rebellious sins of my old age? Middle age. Remember me in, in the light of your unfailing love. That's how I want God to think of me. In the light of his unfailing love, for you are merciful, Lord. And so we pray, and we pray because it declares our need and our want of God. We're just not getting up and going about our own business. We're saying, Lord, I need you. I referenced this scripture earlier in John 15, 5, where the Lord told the disciples, without me, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. Prayer recognizes that. And it was a little bit arrogant. It's just kind of the opposite of that, not to pray. We're saying we're okay. We got this. And so when we take that time to pray, we're saying, Lord, I just need you. Uh, You even know what's awaiting me out there today. You may know some of that, but God knows it all. You're acknowledging your need and your want for the Lord. Prayer is the foundation to Christian growth. That's why we pray. You will not exceed. You will not excel. You will not continue in your Christian faith unless you become in some measure, in some way, a person of prayer. 
Unless you in some way and somehow you're engaging the Lord, you're speaking to the Lord, you're allowing God to speak to you. Prayer changes us from the inside out. It gives us desire and willingness to follow the Lord when we're in the Lord's presence. We can conform. And that's one of the dangers of Christianity is that you come and you like the atmosphere, you like the people, you like the new uh, community that you're a part of and you just conform to those expectations and those things without really being a transformation. The best change starts within us. It's a result of a connection with God, the Holy Spirit prompting us and inspiring us to come further and closer to Him in the things that we do and the things that we don't do. And so you will not, I will not grow as a Christian I will not continue to grow. I remember early on and when I came to the Lord, and I remember those moments in prayer and, 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 and things that the Lord done in my heart and in my life, but I am no less need today for the Lord and for those experiences as I was then as well. We need the Lord's presence in our life. And, we, and so when we reach out to Him in prayer, it brings Christian growth. James 4.8 says if we draw close to the Lord, uh, he comes close to us. Come close to God. God will come close to you. Not everybody wants to be close to God. They said, Moses, you go up there and do that God stuff. We'll just listen to you when you come back down. And that's the way church can be, too, if we're not careful. But all of us are to have that time with the Lord. And so we will not grow as a Christian without uh, prayer in our life. Prayer changes us. It gives us that desire, that willingness. Prayer opens our eyes and gives us understanding. It gives us understanding about things. It helps us to have a revelation, fresh knowledge of what God is saying and doing. You remember in 2 Kings 6, verses 15 through 17, the servant, the man of God, got up early the next morning and went outside. There was troops, horses, chariots everywhere. He said, oh, sir, will we do, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. And they thought they were fixing to get beat up really bad. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him. For there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elijah prayed, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Oh, Lord, open the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As a result of prayer, open his eyes, Lord. And so we go to the Lord, open my eyes, give me understanding to what I'm faced with. And I'm feeling this about that. But Lord, you show me more. Give me insights. Help me to see the spiritual significance of these things in my life. And so we pray. Because it opens our eyes. We pray because through prayer, we're partners. It partners us in God's kingdom work. When we pray, we are partnering with the Lord in the work that is being done. Paul told us in 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 4, about prayer. We don't have that. He told us to pray for authorities, to pray for rulers, to pray for all men everywhere. You can look it up. And that we're to do that. And so when we do that, we're partnering with the Lord in the things that are pertaining to, to kingdom issues in our life. 
And so you can go to the Lord and you can be praying for our missionaries, other people that we're connected with, and you're involved in what's going on there. He said, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings, for all who are in authority, so that we can live peacefully and quiet lives, marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleasing to God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. And so prayer has something to do with people being saved. And my testimony is, is that it wasn't until my mother went to church, and that's the only time I remember my mom telling me she went to church. And they prayed for this rebellious son who was in a prison cell. It took me going to prison for her to go to church and requested prayer. That very week, I became a Christian as a result of prayer. And that's the only time. I mean, my mom's been to church since. She's now a Christian, goes to church on Saturday night instead of Sunday morning. She goes to one of them mega churches right across town over here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she lives down in the valley. So we pray because it declares our need for God, the foundation to Christian growth, it opens our eyes. Prayer partners us with the things of the Lord. I could give you many testimonies. I remember in staff, day, staff meetings back in Lindale in East Texas when I was there, part of that ministry where we would fervently and earnestly pray, not think, but pray for certain people, some of our staff members, family and parents. And I remember their father coming, one of them, the Baileys, their father coming to the Lord and He's an old, rough Chicago firefighter and didn't want his girls down there in Texas joining a cult. Then they were there teaching him all this Bible stuff. And man, God, he ended up moving, retiring, and coming and living there with us too as a result of prayer. And, uh, and so prayer partners us with the things of God. We should pray because we should pray because we can. Amen. That's good. How many people have told you to shut up before? Don't say that word. Shh. You ever get shushed? You know, when we're adults and our kids are small, we're always shush, shushing them. Now my kids shush me when they're out in public. You can't say that. Shh, Dad. You get old, that's what happens. It reverses itself. And my wife, shh. I said, don't shush me. I'm 60 years old. I can say what I want to say, right? But we should pray because we can. Jeremiah 33, 3, what an invitation. Ask me, I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about the things to come. What a wonderful God that he invites us to pray. He says, come to me, ask me, I'm available. We can speak to him in a personable way. We can make our needs known to him. We can come to him and ask for his will for his strength and his grace in our life when life gets more difficult than what we can handle. Unfortunately, sometimes that's the only time we go to prayers when we're having struggles or battles, but we should have the habit and the pattern of prayer in our life. We need spiritual movement in our life. We need spiritual movement in all generations church. And when we are a spiritual people crying out to God and a hungry heart, it just it gets things moving in our life towards the Lord, makes us more aware of his presence. So we should pray because we can. And God listens and answers. There's another one. 
Psalms 116, verses 1 through 2. I love the Lord because He hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. How many of you guys have ever been on the end of this? Did you hear what I'm saying? Are you listening to me? Us guys, you know. Oh, well, the Lord listens. I love the Lord because He hears my voice. My prayers for mercy. Because He bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. God bends down to listen. He cares about those things that are a part of our life. He cares about our life's needs, those things in our life. Psalm 17, verse 6. I am praying to you because I know you will answer me, O God. Bend down and listen as I pray. And so I pray because God will listen. We pray because we can. We pray because God listens and answers. We pray because God can most help us. That's why we pray. That's a, probably one of the best reasons to help. God can most help you above everyone and everything. Every other ace in the hole, so to speak, you might have. Nobody can make things better or quicker than the Lord. He can take a mess and, and make it much better in a moment's time. And that mess may be in us. It may involve others. Psalms 18, verses 3 through 6. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. Man, what a day he's having, huh? But in my distress, why should we call to the Lord? Because he can most help us. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. Amen. God can most help you. Praying is better than whining. No matter who you're whining to. No matter who has a listening ear. A lot of them gossipers have good listening ears. Uh-oh. What do you need me to pray about? What they're saying is, you got any, what's the latest gossip? You got any prayer requests? Yeah, pray for Brother Leo. I saw him doing that aggressive driving the other day. <laughs> Praying is better than whining. It's better than gossiping. Better than crying. Pray because you can. Pray because God hears us and helps us. Pray because God is the one that can most help you. He's the one that can most change that other person that you're having all those struggles with. Or change you. Or both. We should pray because God rewards those who trust in Him. Matthew 6 and verse 6. I'm trying to get a lot more done this week than I did last week. I'm still preaching last week's sermon. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. God rewards us when we pray. It doesn't mean it's wrong. We dealt with that last week to pray in public. It's just wrong to pray in public just to be seen and just to be heard by others. But the Lord will reward you for prayer. We should pray because it's the only way we can truly live for God. It's the only way we can truly live for God. 
we live in a church culture today that you can come to the Lord and have a cool, good, positive experience in church culture, accept Christ into your life, be a part of the church community, and self be completely left intact. Meaning, nothing other than that really changes. In the old days, when you became a Christian, it meant dot, 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 dot. Bad or good, it just meant there were some changes coming down the pipe. Not so much now. And prayer is the only way. Not just by preaching, because it's not a lack of information, it's a lack of application that most of us have a problem with. But prayer is the only way that disarms self. That causes us to humble ourselves and to be submissive. It's only in the presence of the Lord. Pharaoh finally had to bow himself to the Lord. He had to disarm himself because of the authority, the rule, the ways of God in his life. And, and only through prayer are we going to disarm ourselves and say, Lord, you're right, I surrender. Human nature is going to hold on to itself as long as it can. Every sin cries out for a pardon. Every sin has an excuse, a reason, a willingness to wait out the things of God but prayer will disarm us it will allow God a place in our life that brings his presence and and we want to remove our shoes so to speak you don't have to tell it you don't have to be told it's holy ground you sense the Lord and it's a moment a place of surrender it's the only way you'll ever really live for the Lord is if you have some kind of established prayer in your life you can go from one spiritual high to another, one spiritual moment to another, but the way you're really going to be steady at it, steady with the Lord and what God's wanting to do in your life and what he's doing in your life is to be attached to him through a life of prayer. Galatians 5, verses 16 through 25. It's a lot of Bible, but hey, it's nothing better than the Bible to read. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Got any sinful nature out there? Craving lasagna? Smell it? I gave up the menu. This sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. That's my testimony. That's what's going on in my life. My sinful nature wants to do the opposite of what that Bible is instructing me to do, even as a pastor. Maybe especially as a pastor. That's still working in, in my life, just as it is in yours. The Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. We encounter the Spirit to the Lord through prayer. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you're directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. See if you recognize any of these things. Sexual immorality. Man, culture is filled with that. Church culture is filled with that. Impurity. 
lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarrelings. You ever tempted to be argumentative? You ever hostile toward anybody? You ever feel jealousy? You ever had outbursts of anger lately, anybody? And nobody wants to raise their hands on that? There's one. Thank you, honest soul. Pray for him. (laughs) These are the things the Bible says are happening in us when we are living in the flesh. Outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, divisions, dissensions, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. Other sins like these, let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. The key is living that sort of life. It doesn't mean if you've ever experienced those or you are experiencing some of those that you can't be saved. But if you've just given in to those things and you're not making any effort to live for the Lord and you're not seeking God, then are you really a Christian? That's what he's really saying. But the Holy Spirit produces these kinds of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience. Anybody have any outbursts of kindness lately? Outbursts of goodness? Outbursts of faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? There's no law against these things. And so these are the things that prayer will produce in our life. You will not live for God without being a praying person. Prayer is like many things we can know we should, know we can, and even want to do it, yet not get it done. Like that. Prayerlessness leads to spiritual poverty. Proverbs 24, verses 33 through 34. There is no law against these things. He talks about the sluggard, the slothfulness, a little more sleep. How many of you had a hard time getting out of bed today? Hit that spiritual snooze button. It's Sunday. There's a special button for Sunday. You can hit it and keep on hitting it and keep on hitting it. I encourage you to come early to church. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. So spiritual poverty is a result of prayerlessness. We'll not live for God. We'll not pray without effort. We're not walk with God. Our walk with God must be intentional. You will not do those things haphazardly or accidentally. Our walk with God must be intentional. There must be a desire, a focus in our life for those things. We must break through the obstacles that keep us from having a moment, a time in our life to pray. Time can be an obstacle. Laziness can be an obstacle. Self-will can be an obstacle. Sinful living can be an obstacle. I would say this to you today, make prayer happen. Make prayer happen. Determine to pray. He's going to make sure I finish this. He's just going to put it all up there. <laughs> Way to go. Make prayer happen. Determine to pray. Find a place, a time to pray. Don't say I can't, say I will. Overcome obstacles. Obstacles are only a problem to the things that we're not devoted to. It's raining outside. So what? I want to go fishing. There ain't no shrimp. So what? I got lures. I want to go fishing. Obstacles are only an issue for those things that 
I'm really not devoted to. And the very nature of devotion is to choose one thing over another when you think about it. And so because I want to pray, I'm going to overcome these obstacles. Because I want to pray, I'm going to devote myself to prayer. I'm going to choose prayer over other things in my life. Joshua said this, you're familiar with it in Joshua 24, 15. He says, choose this day who you will serve. But as for me, a choice, a choice of devotion, I will serve the Lord. My family and I will, I will serve the Lord. And for us, what the Lord is saying, and what I'm inspiring you to do is to choose to be a praying person. I will pray. Can you say that? I will pray. Pray. Not much conviction out there. Come on, I'm gonna, I want you to say it in a way that you actually might convince yourself. I will pray. It requires devotion. It requires overcoming obstacles. You will be better off, and so will those that know you and you're around, if you become a praying person. Not just prayer in church, not just prayer for in difficult moments, but you become a praying person. I'm going to ask a worship team to come. I will pray. Don't say you can't. Say you will. Let's all stand this morning. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more information about All Generations Church, go to aglockhart.org.